0: Good morning. I mean, um, good, whatever it is for you. (laughs) You know, every time we chant that chant, I am struck by the uh, profundity that is um, so simply stated in that chant. And it reminds me uh, again that the teachings that are available to us that have come down um, through the ancestors to us, is true. It
1: actually is true. (laughs) Everything they said is true. It's it's really true. It's um, a very simple
0: path and difficult at the same time. What makes it difficult is the mind, our mind, our ideas of Who we are and what we see and what we don't see and the judgments we make basically um, believing
1: in thought is what makes it complicated it's really not so complicated
0: Greg gave a beautiful talk yesterday and basically gave you everything you need but we make it complicated. And so we need to hear over and over and over again the same teachings. (laughs) But as our practice deepens and um, the more we walk together, uh, the more we hear of those teachings and the more we can embody that in our living. And I do feel just. As an aside, that the clarity of the Buddha's teaching is, um, I guess the word that just came up for me is necessary, is necessary for human beings to be able to continue on this earth, this living being, the earth that we are, really. Um, I, I actually want to share this with you this morning, my own practice a little bit. And that's what I've been thinking about uh, this past year. I've been studying dependent arising. uh, And in large part because of what's happened to
1: California this year, I think you've all heard that we've had uh, drought
0: and fire. And because of that, we have not had air that we could breathe for the last almost four months. And because I have asthma, I have been basically inside during that time with my hospital level filter, air filter. And now in San Francisco, those of you who have visited here or live in the Bay Area know that San Francisco is pretty much defined by wonderful temperature. We live in around the 60s to the 70s all year round, give or take 10 degrees for a couple of weeks here and there. Today it's 90 plus degrees in San Francisco. So it's been really interesting for me to study dependent arising. So let me, I'll go backwards a little bit because originally when the Buddha taught the pinnacle rising, he taught it as the 12-fold chain, which I think you're really familiar with. And he taught it both ways, both toward suffering and then toward freedom. And it's accurate and true. And we can study it really deeply. And then farther along Nagarjuna came along and he basically equated dependent arising with emptiness. Another way of studying this co-arising life that we are all living together and not just of course human beings now but the plants and the animals and the bugs and the insects and the fish and the water and the air that we
1: breathe. So lately,
0: this dependent arising, um, I've understood in a different way. Usually when we say dependent arising, the way we think of it is, is that I am dependent on the air, the water, the chickens, and so on. The table that I'm leaning on, the chairs, my flute. But now I understand it in a different way. It's not that we are dependent on these things, it is what we are. Because if the air continues to be the way it is now, I can't breathe it, I die. If we don't have water, it's not that I'm dependent on the water. If we take away the water, we don't exist. We are also that. That is what we are. We are the water and the sun and the land and the bugs and the cows and whatever it is that you eat. It is what we are. That's what we mean. That's what the teaching of dependent arising is. It just has come home to me <laughs> so personally and so immediately
1: because I can't breathe this air. So it's really, uh, I was going to say, interesting.
0: <laughs> it's more than interesting. <laughs> it's more than interesting. <clears throat> So, you know, this addresses, it addresses this idea of separation that we, that we um, swim in most of the time. You know, there is no such thing. If you look, if we really look deeply at where the body ends, we really look deeply at where the body ends, you can't find an end to it that's how much we are not separated from anything so this idea of separation is an illusion it's a it's a it's an inaccurate way of perceiving now whenever when i hear myself speak this way i immediately go to of course you know of course I'm here, and you're in New York, I'm in San Francisco, this is a table,
1: I am sitting on a chair, and so on and so forth, and that's also true. Of course it's true. It's just that the mind that
0: uh, that uses words, really, that's what it is, the mind that uses words makes those words concrete. and um we live on that way we live in that way of perceiving too much that's all just too much so the reason we emphasize this other way of perceiving because it's true <laughs> but also because both are true all the time and because we see separation and we live this separation so much we emphasize the other so that we can have an accurate Understanding picture and life. <clears throat> and that's the teaching. That's the teaching. The, the main way, of course, that we feel, I guess this is a good way of putting it, we feel separation initially is inside. And this is what we work on for a really, really long time. We separate, we <laughs> it's really kind of funny. Inside, we fight with ourselves inside. You know, there's a there's this idea of me, and there's this idea of who I think I am or how I am in the world, or the ideas that I have, or the judgments that I have in mind that I don't like or that I do like or whatever. We think there's this me and we have this dialogue, this I was going to say constant, but then the next thing that came to mind was um, this, this ad nauseum, right? <laughs> we have this, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's just endless, right? It talks to ourselves all the time. We're talking to ourself. There's like a we in there. There's me and whatever this is, or there's whatever this is and this idea of me, and they're separate. We feel them as separate. You know, it's funny from my point of view, but I don't think it's so funny from your point of view. (laughs) Because it's what makes you suffer, right? It brings you all this suffering, and it's unnecessary. It's so simple, that's what I mean by simple, but it's really complex because of this yammering all the time that we give all this attention to. We attend. I'm sorry for laughing. I don't mean it i you know um, it's it's been a while since I've suffered in the way that we do you know in the in the for in the practice, so I don't remember it, and I don't talk to a lot of people lately, so that kind of suffering is not current in my life, but <clears throat> I don't mean at all to make fun of it. Just like Greg was saying yesterday, you know we, we we need to respect and honor, and ultimately, what happens is we love this sense of me um, I was going to say to death, but it kind of dissolves the more we see it clearly as we see it clearly, it has no um, standing on its own, so. When you see it clearly and you don't give it energy or resist, it dissolves. It has no um, reality on its own. Well, it is real, but in this kind of delusional way, it's real. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so I wanted to share with you some um, how I'm feeling about things lately because I have nothing else to say really. My practice is—they call it my a flop dog practice. I used to, when I was in my early seventies, I would say I'm older now. I'm older. I had an E R at the end of my definition of myself. I'm older, <laughs> but I'm not older now. I am old, so. I think by the time you're in your late 70s, going on into your 80s, God willing, um, I can say I'm old person. And you learn some things when you're older. You know, you don't have the same kind of energy that you have when you're young. So in some way, life itself um, helps you let go. So like um when I the last talk I gave with you guys, I was talking about surrender, that the whole path really is a path of surrender. And this is true. Letting go, it's a path of not grabbing on. It's what Buddha said causes suffering, remember? Poor noble juice. So when you're old, there's no more time, really. I mean, your own um Mortality, really, is the only way to put it. is so clear. There's no like I'm going to be better next year. I'm going to solve this problem next year. I'm going to, you know, give up eating sugar next year or a month from now. There's no. There's no sense that that's as true as it used to be when you were young. There's. There's very much what um, Dogen said, you know, this eternity is now, this etern- it's eternal now, is what it is.
1: It's eternal now. There is only this moment. So you learn,
0: you know, some things. So the, the other day when um, Greg was talking about grandmother mind, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. Well, No, Buddhism and practicing Buddhism, no, it's a very good thing. But if you're really kind of awake as you get older, you come to similar, um, oh, I guess conclusion is a good word, your, your understanding is kind of similar, which is not to say that there aren't experiences along the path that are valuable, but experiences don't last. You have to embody whatever your understanding is. And what it does do is it helps us not attach. If you have a really good experience of no self or oneness or emptiness or dependent arising or whatever it is, it helps you not attach so much. It's very helpful in that way. You begin to
1: see things a little bit differently. More gently more humbly. Life is not easy. It's bumpy. It's bumpy. So, so grandmother mind is non-judgmental, right?
0: When you run to your grandma, your grandma is not wanting you to achieve certain things in life or unconditional love, whatever
1: The kid is offering unconditional love, non-judgmental, very accepting of things the way they've come to be
0: because there's no tomorrow. So we embrace our life as it has come to be, even though as you do your life, you know, you make some decisions and your life goes to the right when actually you thought it was going to go to the left and you need to grieve whatever was going to happen on the left because your life is now going to the right.
1: So a lot of respect and a lot of humility. When you're, when you're old, you really see that um,
0: hatred is, hurts you. It doesn't do anything. So we release from hatred, not because what happened isn't worthy of real change and and recognition, but because hatred is a an emotion that is hurtful to you. It's it's the first thing that really goes on the path. Sense of you're not triggered by nearly as many things. Hatred goes, and the next thing that goes, which is the same thing as what happens when you're older, is you're not grasping so much anymore, almost at all. Actually, grasping goes. The big effort of seeking and grabbing and wanting
1: is released. You are released from that energy. And when you're not
0: pushing things away, when you're not hating, when you're not grabbing on, you can live life much more simply. You're not wanting so much. I was asked, Laura, this is a tangent, but (laughs) Laura asked me to talk about taking refuge um, because you guys were, I think it's what the practice period is about even. But And I thought about it. I really did. I I, um, reflected a lot on taking refuge. But the word that kept coming up for me was devotion. And I think it has something to do with this being grandmotherly and old,
1: because you're and and living
0: simply right same thing because you are you become devoted to whatever it is that you 're doing, so in the past, I used to think of paying attention to whatever the activity is that you do as being mindful, and of course that 's true, but I tried it out at the kitchen sink. <laughs> as I was reflecting on taking refuge and refuge didn't come up, but devotion did come up for me. And I was standing at the sink and I was being mindful at the sink. And then instead of being mindful, which is for me at that time was a very heady, it was a head word. I sank into my heart because devotion is a heart word. And then I washed the dishes and it was a completely different experience. I was loving the dishes. I was loving the fork. I was loving the plate.
1: I was being careful with the water. I was being careful with the soap. I was caring for the things I was loving the things
0: I was being devoted to the activity
1: to the simplicity of life right then at the sink this is this is the practice of a you know of an old person
0: It's what, you know, in Zen, chop wood, carry water, but more
1: like, um, you know, make your bed, wash the dishes, you know, be careful with the cup. There is a door at Ancestral Heart that became my practice when
0: I was living there. It's the door right at the top of the stairs from downstairs. I was devoted to that door. (laughs) to the to the sound of the lock, you know, the up this, the metal lock and not letting the door slam when, when it closed. There's something with the wind in that situation that slams it or the tilt
1: of the house. I didn't know what it was, but life is simple. Uh, Oh, another practice that I've been doing lately I share with you
0: is from the Tibetan people. I have a um, teacup by my bed now. And
1: at the end of the day when I am going to bed, I turn the teacup over. And when I wake up in the morning, I turn the teacup back up.
0: And I say gratitude, simple gratitude
1: for the air. You know, is the air going to be clean? Can I breathe the air today? Is my fork, my fork helping me? Is going to
0: help me eat today? My brother, my son, the sangha that I live with, who offers me this home. the dependently arisen life that we are, that I get to be for another who knows how
1: many years. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so with this
0: simplicity comes in a, uh,
1: not so much expecting life to deliver whatever we think we need, You know, when
0: I was younger um, and people talked about lowering expectations, I thought that was just scandalous. (laughs) I didn't want that. I had things to do and be, and, and that's appropriate, totally appropriate. But it's also appropriate at some point to let go of the rigidity of those expectations. And be able to appreciate and love and be intimate with your life the way it has come to be. Another thing that happens when you're older is that your mind um, is not so sharp. It gets kind of um, mushy. And with all of this, um, you know, the phone, the these things, you know, the phone things. And I think that our ability to concentrate and focus is being um, what's the word compromised? (laughs) Anyway. But it's true, you know, I, I am not so interested in, in, uh, you know, deep,
1: deep analytic diving the way I used to enjoy. Everything is softer.
0: All my senses are softer, my eyes are not as good as they used to be, my hearing is not as good as it used to be. It's not a bad thing, you know. There's there's not much left to do, really. In
1: when you're old person just to appreciate everything and love th-
0: people as they are, you know. I'm not a, I'm not particularly a people person. I've never been, that's not where I get my energy. Being with people, I'm, I'm an introvert, really. I've lived my life pretty much as an introvert, drowning in people because I live in community. <laughs> I believe, though, that people are doing their best all the time. I really do. Anyway. So that's it. I I hope that um, whatever I've said is supportive of you and your practice and um, you have a wonderful opportunity with this Sangha. It's an intimate and strong Sangha and um, led by two wonderful teachers and now people also who are moving up to take that those you know teaching of classes and so on and so forth. It's a Wonderful situation for you, and I hope that you take advantage of it in every way. Just when I first came to Zen Center, um, I I wasn't able to give much because I was needing a lot, and I just used it as in every way that I could. Until then, I was able to hold out my hand. So please use it really well, and when you're able, hold out your hand to help the next person on their path as we all together uh, wake up okay adios bye-bye
1: thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the brooklyn zen center our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.